0: So today we are going to be taking a look at the caterpillar stage in Stephanie Miller's book, The Butterfly Blueprint. Once the caterpillar hatches from the egg, uh, which kind of represents a new life as a Christian, it is tasked with the responsibility to eat as much as it can from the leaf it is hatched on. It does this so it can be big enough and ready to enter the cocoon as part of the transformation. However, before we go to the cocoon it's important to compare the different perspectives um, butterflies and caterpillars have based on where they are and what they see relative to their locations that is how we should approach spiritual growth and reading and understanding the word of god we take small manageable steps that are enjoyable in such a way that we can visibly see our progress We don't try to make too many changes at once because we know that it is both overwhelming and unsustainable. When it is time for us to feed ourselves, it is better to digest slowly than to inhale our spiritual nourishment. We need to read and accept truths bit by bit, sometimes instead of all at once, especially if we are hoping for lasting change. We will have a different outlook based on what we fill ourselves up with. As caterpillars, we think of things from our own perspectives. We only see what we can see and don't know any different. We also fill ourselves with the world, with what the world says is right. And it's a means of control, of having control over our lives. As butterflies, however, we take inventory of our own perspectives and are open to the possibility that there are things in this world that we will not know or even understand, much less have control over. We have faith in God and His plan. This is all part of the spiritual growth process we undergo once we receive salvation. We, as Christians, sometimes tend to compartmentalize our faith and relationship with God. This limited thinking is demonstrated in the areas of life we have not yet surrendered. The most obvious example of this is being all about Jesus on Sunday while you attend church, meanwhile doing whatever else you want during the week, even things that are contrary to someone who loves Jesus, and this is something we all fall into at times, and it's something we really need to watch out for as Christians, so a great point that she makes there. Uh, The idea that we can act so differently from one situation to the next and compartmentalize our faith shows our lack of letting God be God. Instead, we are content to interact with God only when it's easy and convenient for us. Some of us are aware of this disconnect, yet we do nothing about it. Then there are those of us who don't realize that we put God in a box and limit where we see Him in our lives. We have special moments or times that during the day or week when we talk to God, but we don't look to Him as always being with us. This mindset can be dangerous, especially as it relates to spiritual growth and our, possi- and our ability to look beyond our caterpillar stage. Operating in the belief that God can only be God when you are doing the obvious God things severely limits your growth and potential, to make a kingdom impact. God is so much bigger than just helping you read the Bible or allowing you to enjoy worship music during, the, during church. Spiritual growth is an area in your life that you allow God into. Friends, we serve a big God, a huge God, a God who is bigger and better than we can comprehend. The truth is he yearns to operate in all these other areas of our lives But as big and bold as he is, he is also a gentleman. God is not going to bang down the door of our hearts. Instead, he will knock softly and wait patiently for the invitation to grow and transform us in those areas. Some of us are able to see this and extend him the invitation, while others go about their lives without allowing him to impact those areas of their lives. The special thing about the butterfly perspective as... It pertains to spiritual growth and transformation is that it isn't an all-or-nothing thing. You aren't either a caterpillar or a butterfly. Instead, you can be at different stages in different areas of your lives. This type of spiritual growth is not easy. The enemy would rather we stay in bondage and darkness. He doesn't want us to allow God to grow us spiritually in every area of our lives. He prefers that we keep God in a box and open that box only when it is easy and convenient for us. He knows that God will only take us as far as we are willing to go. So he continues to tempt us to push God out of every area of our lives. God knows this. He knows what Satan wants to do and even knows how he wants to do it. God seeks to draw us out of comfortable and familiar and lead us into a secure but ultimately more satisfying way of life is is it easy no is it automatic no is it rewarding and life-altering to grow spiritually in every aspect of your life yes from the caterpillar perspective we are ready to enter the cocoon once we understand that spiritual growth is not limited to just one area of our lives and comes from having a renewed and transformed mind. Without renewed minds, we will always try to stifle God based on our limited understanding. Caterpillars can't fly to see what a butterfly can, so they only see a limited distance from where they are. In our example of where we are in response to seeing God in every area, this implies a limited view and even a limited understanding of God. In this stage, we need to be careful not to overestimate our ability to know what God is doing in our lives. If we're not careful, our understanding of what God is is going to be based on the box we put him in. We try to keep God contained and control the outcomes based on our knowledge and perspective. It is so much easier to trust when we know everything, or at least think we do, Control is the enemy of trust. The greatest difference between a renewed mind and an unrenewed mind is the understanding and appreciation of our limited perspectives. That is why it is so important to have a renewed mind through feasting on the truth found in the Word of God, not just a little bit here and there, but completely immersing ourselves in it, which gives us what we need to open our eyes and be ready to enter our cocoon stage. It is not my job to do everything. What a relief to know I'm not in control, but to know the one who is. Hugging, giving, touching, reaching. These are things we do that involve ourselves. Growing in the different areas of our lives this way is to look out for our interests and that of others and not just for our own selfish gain. Do not or do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And that's found in Philippians 2, 3, and 4. When we are able to look at e- at others and place their needs above our own, we are sowing the fruit of the Spirit. One way to measure this is to determine what fruit we are bearing in that area. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5, to 23 The fruit of the Spirit is often used to describe several things. Looking at the fruit of the Spirit in terms of spiritual growth, we can examine our thoughts, choices, and actions. Take love. For example, we choose to to think kind and gentle thoughts. We choose to practice faithfulness and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Examining our thoughts, choices, and actions in every area of our life helps give us an idea of the type of fruit we're producing. Against such things there is no law, Galatians 5.23. This leads us directly back to the importance of spiritual transformation as not only how you act, on the outside, but also how you think on the inside. Law implies a fear of punishment. Remember, a renewed mind doesn't live from a fear perspective, but from a love perspective. This is a choice and requires practice, patience, and willingness to achieve. The good news is that we are neither perfect nor expected to be. The only one... Who is perfect has already paid the price for you and me once we understand this we are no longer trapped in our caterpillar thinking by filling ourselves up with all the junk and garbage that the world wants to throw at us instead we put our hope and trust in christ for our growth by feasting on the truth in the process of self-awareness you become aware of yourself like your your dislikes, your likes, your worries, fears, insecurities, and even worldly crutches by analyzing the world based on behavior and consequences. These things shape how you view others and how you view yourself. It isn't enough just to know you see the world the way you do. You must go deeper to find out why you see the world this way. You must ask yourself, what does my mindset and perception stem from? Children are as impressionable as they are innocent. We know that during the formative years of life, as children are exploring, learning, and growing, they are also connecting what happens in the world around them to themselves, holding what child psychologists call an egocentric view. They are placing themselves in the middle of situations and scenarios, both good and bad, even though most of the time these situations don't have anything to do with them. Mom and dad are fighting. It must be my fault. Mom and dad are happy to, today. I must be doing good. Divorce, sickness, disease, addiction. It is not the event that happens in our lives that determines our perspective, but rather how we internalize the event. Blaming ourselves for something happening creates shame, guilt, and doubt. If it is not properly handled and worked through, then shame, guilt, and doubt are carried over and become our working model for all our adult relationships when we enter into a relationship with guilt shame and doubt we will perpetuate those things the tendency to live out what we predict or what is the result of our doings or uh, expectations is called self-fulfilling prophecy before long our working model is the con in the context of relationship starts to overflow into how we view ourselves This working model becomes a false belief or incorrect view of ourselves. It is at this point that our self-proclaimed issues arise. When we operate under a false understanding of ourselves, we act according to that belief. If we believe we are worthless, not good enough, or unlovable, we will act that way. Sometimes we know we are acting in a way that shows how we feel about ourselves. But more often than not, we are searching for things that match our viewpoint of ourselves. We strive to have our reality match our perception. So in pursuit of confirming what we believe to be true, we often create the chaos ourselves. That's an example of what happens when we focus too much on the wrong things and let the fallen ways of the world influence us. It would be like a caterpillar eating All the wrong things in preparation to enter the cocoon. Filling ourselves up with the wrong ideas and false teachings will lead to these false perceptions of ourselves. Awareness of what is going on around us is a good thing to keep in mind when you are either in a caterpillar or cocoon stage. When I say cocoon, I'm referring to the place in your life, maybe a physical place or a situation or a a circumstance that is hard or it may even be painful it might be a storm in the sea of life that is thrashing you about and you can't just catch your breath uh, this this cocoon literally could be a time of isolation and separation from others or a feeling that god isn't near this could also refer to life events over which you have no control and ones that affect your everyday life or cause pain hurt or worry or fear The thing we want to push away or pretend doesn't exist can also be our cocoon. Our internal beliefs manifest themselves into a reality in the form of triggers. We move to avoid pain, and we move to make sense of the world around us. Triggers refer to anything in our environment that spark a memory, thought, or feeling based on your false belief. When we know that potential triggers exist... In our everyday lives, we tend to walk around in a mental state of being hyper-aware. Being hyper-aware means that you pick out what triggers your false beliefs more, uh, what are your false beliefs, more easily than other people can. Even though you can share the same trigger with someone, your reason for why that trigger, that is a trigger, different uh, is different. A trigger can be an external object, a memory, or even words you hear, and these triggers can be evidence that we are still in caterpillar thinking if we allow them to set us off. Trigger as an external object is seeing a bottle of vodka on the side of the road, and it's the same kind your um, alcoholic father used to drink, which creates anger and bitterness. Trigger as a memory is decorating the Christmas tree brings up memories of happier holidays when you were all together as a family, so you start to feel sad um, that your family's torn apart. Triggers, as the words you hear, when you hear your husband or wife ask you what you did today, it triggers your insecurity to feel as if you have to prove yourself. These triggers ignite a feeling or response in us and are strongly related to memory flashbacks but not always our minds are very interesting as we learn associations based on repeated exposure these repeated exposures serve as cues to elicit certain behaviors or responses from us our immediate response to our triggers is largely due to our general heightened alertness our body is conditioned to either fight or flee When we perceive threats, and since we see these triggers as threats, our bodies respond accordingly. It does not matter whether the threat is real or perceived. Our psychological arousal will be the same. Therefore, it is important to be aware of your false beliefs and triggers. And the upside to this heightened alertness is that once you are aware of the trigger, you can do something about it. Depending on the type of trigger, you can remove it, remove yourself from it, or change the association. Awareness and understanding of your false beliefs and triggers are really just the tip of the iceberg. Knowing what shapes your perspective isn't enough to change it. You have to be willing to take the steps needed for lasting growth and change. It isn't about discipline or ha- or having more. When the caterpillar becomes aware of its surroundings, it isn't afraid to find a branch to spin a cocoon around itself. It's a commitment to obedience and moving forward. It isn't afraid of change, but is ready to embrace it. It doesn't run from forming a cocoon, opting instead to stay a caterpillar for its entire life. At this point, it is full of the truth from the right resources and sources and has become aware of its personal struggle in our fallen world able to pinpoint triggers and adjust its responses. It is faced with uncertainty for the next step, but it is ready, willing, and willing to have faith in God to lead it. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. When he looks at us, he sees the beautiful butterflies that he has already created us to be. I can say that who God has called you to be and his plan for your life won't make sense or even seem like something you want until you have a firm grasp of what it means to not be in Christ and still live for yourself. Accepting that you are where you are and not trying to pretend to be better or do better on your own is what God is begging us to do. He knows our sins, false beliefs, and struggles, but he wants us to openly confess them and ask him To bridge the gap between our weaknesses and his strength. He wants us to call on him while we are caterpillars, especially when we are in cocoons. But when we are weak, when we feel like we can't go on, that is when we need to call out to God the most. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me, 2 Corinthians 12 9. Not only are we called to be okay with our weaknesses, but to boast in them, because it is in those weaknesses that God shines his strength through us. We have to know our weaknesses and willingly surrender them to God instead of trying to fix them ourselves. That way we can glorify God and help keep us humble, and it keeps him as Lord. Surrender. It's a word that many people don't like. The idea of surrendering or even submitting to God is enough to make us run in the other direction. It's one thing to admit that you are walking in sin and need help from someone greater than yourself, but it is another thing to surrender yourself to working with or letting the Holy Spirit work in you. You must admit that you can't change yourself, you must be willing to give up control of your life and rest entirely in the arms of our trustworthy God. He won't let you see how it all plays out. Instead, he calls you to have faith in him and his purpose for you. This is not unlike being spiritually blind or unaware, because after you have been in darkness and sin for so long, when your eyes are finally opened, you can clearly see for the first time. It truly is the epitome of bringing you out of darkness into the light to see yourself as God sees you. Apart from him... A sinner and with him still and with him still a sinner but worthy and valuable recipient of his grace we need to remember we are the recipient of his grace and god wants us to recognize that and to follow him well i have just been blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show and I'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh, for the Lord right now. Uh, if I haven't got back to you, I promise I will get back to you. Uh, I look forward to, to speaking with each of you and interviewing you. And uh, keep tuning into the show. There, there's lots of, of new people that are coming on here. And if you're considering wanting to to come on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com. And uh, I will get back to you.